Blog Talk Radio. and I'm a licensed clinical Christian psychotherapist and founder of Healing Word Psychotherapy Services, my private practice. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Tonight we're going to be looking at the challenges of change. And with the changes that we've all experienced in the last three or so years in our country and our world due to the pandemic, the widespread financial instability, destructive weather patterns, the geopolitical upheaval, wars and rumors of wars. So many of us find ourselves in the midst of transition and change in one form or another as a result of these things and also as a result of personal issues that may be going on in our private lives. So these times that we're living in are truly unprecedented, both nationally and globally. And it's my opinion that the hour is very late on the biblical prophetic timetable. The multifaceted changes that we're facing can be very difficult for many people. And the current circumstances have demanded many levels of change in our daily lives. So all of this can be really emotionally taxing as we face a world that looks very different and has pulled us aggressively out of the comfort and of the familiar. So when we look at... um, Our hope and our trust in God, that's really our source of focus right now as we kind of go into this broadcast this evening and take a look at the different elements of change and transition. But we want to land on the fact that when we're able to trust and hope in God, we then focus on the one who can provide all that we need as we move through this season of history. So tonight we'll be looking at ways to manage transition and change and how we can best approach and deal with the changes taking place in our lives, both our personal lives and circumstantially with what's going on in our world. God is our unchanging source of help and strength as we go through times of change. So we've probably heard people say that God never shuts one door without opening another one, and that may well be true but they rarely tell you about the hallway in between. So tonight we'll also address that hallway, so to speak, and that really is the timetable for transition. And we'll take a look at timing as it it pertains to change tonight as well. So the challenges of change, as I mentioned, can be difficult for many people as we tend to be creatures of habit. So at times it can be emotionally uncomfortable and psychologically uncomfortable when we know that we are facing a change in our lives. 
It may even feel unsafe or even threatening. But when we're able to trust in our God, we then focus on the one who can provide all that we need as we move through various seasons of transition and change. One way to look at it is that changes external circumstantially and transitional can be, transition can be viewed as internal. So as we go through the evening, we're looking at changes that, that transpire around us and things that happen to us, but the way that we transition in the midst of these changes is really more of an internal response to those external changes. And I'll go into that a little bit more as we go further. But just to kind of start out with scripture here, one of my favorite scripture passages, and, and I'm sure many of you are familiar with it, and this is my life verse as well, in fact, is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So when we put God first in our lives, he's so faithful to clearly illuminate the path that he sets before us. And another scripture that is so valuable when we're in transition is Matthew 6, 31 to 33, which says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For people run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And I just think that's such a key scripture because we tend to not live in the moment. (laughs) We tend to project out into the future. And many times when we project out into the future, it's in a negative sense. It almost has a, a feel of catastrophizing or kind of scanning for the worst case scenario to happen right over the horizon. And that is something that robs us of our joy in the midst of the current moment that we're living in. The moment that you're living in right now, you'll never get back. We'll never get back this past five seconds that we just experienced. So Jesus is really encouraging us there that we need to focus on where we're at during the course of each day so that we aren't robbed of the joy and the blessings that he has for us in that day by being overly concerned or anxietal or um, worried about the next day to come. One one uh, translation says that each day has enough trouble of its own. And I think that's that's so true and very well put. We don't want to borrow from tomorrow such that it, it takes away from our potential for joy today. So our Lord continues to encourage us to not spend our valuable time on energy and we're in energy on worrying, as I mentioned. Instead, we can turn our worries into prayer, and I know that's a, a, a phrase that at times can sound trite, but it's actually true, and give our concerns over to him. So if you find yourself worrying about something, a good thing to do in that moment is just to take that and say, okay, instead of continuing to run this through my mind, which is a, a psychological process called rumination or 
perseverating, which basically means to keep thinking about and worrying about the same thing over and over, take that and lay it before the Lord and say, Lord, I, I surrender this issue to you. This is outside of my control, and I need your intervention, and I surrender it to you. And that's way that w- the one way that we can um, make a, a change between spending time worrying about an issue and instead turning it into a prayer. And once we pray, we can leave it with the Lord. He, he's big enough to handle it, and it frees us from that anxiety and that worry. So in that way... We can go about enjoying our daily lives while the Lord is at work on those things that concern us. There's a phrase that says, when we, when, uh, when we work, God rests, and we, when we rest, God works. And that's, of course, taken in a general sense. It's not a scripture verse, but the general gist of that is when we give things over to him with, with intentionality, when we deliberately give him an issue in our lives and ask him to work on it, we then can rest in him, take a resting posture as he works things out for us. I think of Exodus 14, 14 in this situation, um, which states, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So especially if you're facing a difficult battle or some type of challenge or change in your life that's beyond your capacity to solve on your own, God wants to fight that battle for you, but he can't if you don't surrender it to him. So when we come to this point of, Lord, I can't take this anymore. There's nothing I can do about it. Give that battle to him and be still in his presence and let him work for you. Because being still isn't being lazy. It's not just giving up. It's not just kind of casually um, viewing the issue as non-important. It's It's an active posture when we're being still, it, we wait upon him with expectation and in a surrender. So that's what we kind of mean when we say, when you're letting go of something, instead of worrying about it, you're giving over to God and asking him to fight for you. You're doing that with an expectation and in a posture of surrendering that issue to him and trusting him, like I just mentioned in, in Proverbs, to do what's going to be best and to do what's going to, uh, what will be his perfect will for you in that situation. So every age and every stage of life brings changes, whether it's physical changes, emotional changes, psychological, career changes, relationship changes, family changes. In fact, change is about the only thing in life of which we can be absolutely certain. So it has is a lot to be said for the fact that we need to sort of expect that things will change. Things aren't always going to stay the same, and that's difficult for people who do wrestle or find going through change challenging because it's unfortunately or fortunately part of life. Sometimes change is very positive. Other times it can be negative. It depends on what the change is. But we need to know that it is an inevitability in this world. So there can be seasons in life where there seems to be more change than others. There are times when it's not so much about physical changes, although those carry their own set of challenges, of course, but about other internal and external changes as well that are happening in our life circumstances, which can cause distress or frustration. For example, the continual changes that we're seeing happen in our nation, our world right now are very 
concerning to large numbers of people, and they're actually causing a huge spike in mental health ramifications. Um, as a therapist and, and running my practice, I have never had um, as many uh, people on what, what we call our, our wait list as I do now simply because so many are struggling, and they're struggling not just on certain days. They're struggling daily and deeply, and it's been extremely difficult for many to 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 try to get their mind around what's really happening in this world. Um, basically, every 15 minutes or even less than that, we're finding out about something else that changed. And these are not things that are changing for the bad, the better. Um, things are kind of growing, waxing worse and worse. And as a result of that, people are having a very difficult time adjusting. So one of the things right now I'm seeing is an uptick in people who are considering suicide. Um, and of course, this is um, so extremely distressing in my profession to see an uptick in that and and depression and anxiety and alcohol and drug abuse is off the charts. So that's just one example um, to give in terms of when unwanted change and change for the worse is happening. It's outside of our control. So I always try to bring patients back to the fact of, okay, what can you control about this particular situation? Is there anything you control about the situation? If there's not, and so much of what we see and hear is happening, there's not a lot we can do to control it, then what remains is we have to control our response to it. We can choose our response. We can choose a response of worry and anxiety, and like I said before, perseverating, ruminating, fearing, catastrophizing. We can choose that response or we can choose a response of saying, Lord, I don't understand all this. I don't see the outcome, but I'm going to trust you in it. I'm going to surrender to you. I'm asking for your peace that passes understanding. And I submit this to you in prayer, and I ask you to help me through it. So basically at this point in time, when we can't control a situation, those are our choices in terms of responses. Um, so while change can be good, um, it can also be bad, as I mentioned. It, the time in between change can be also very uncomfortable. So as we talk about both change and transition tonight, transition would be the space or the gap when you're moving from here to there, but you haven't reached there yet. So this gap, this in-between space, is called transition. And one de definition of transition is as follows. It is the process of a period of changing from one state or condition to another. So a big part of navigating transition is simply taking one step at a time. And that may sound very sophomoric and <laughs> um, not very helpful, but the fact of the matter is, is the Lord illuminates our path one step at a time. He guides our steps. It doesn't say he guides our full day journey all at once. He, he illuminates our path so we can see what our next step is. And there's a lot in scripture about that that I don't have time to get into specific verses. But if you run through a, a concordance, you run through Strong's, you can find all the verses that talk about the steps and how God guides our steps one by one. So he doesn't want us to see too far ahead. Um, therefore, we can only make decisions based upon the limited information we have right in front of us. 
That's not to say that we shouldn't pray for discernment and guidance and direction. We absolutely need to pray for that. That is crucial in this day and hour. But in terms of not knowing what's around the corner, so to speak, our job is to take the next step. So it's like stepping into a very dark room with only what's immediately before you that's visible. Author Marilyn Ferguson puts it so well in this visual description. She says, it's not so much that we're afraid of change or so in love with our old ways, but it's that place in between that we might fear. It's like being in between trapezes. There's nothing to grasp onto. And I I find this to be particularly profound, especially as we're obviously in our personal lives, this is applicable, but but now in this world, we're seeing all these things change. We're seeing different things coming down the pike for us. And it's almost the sense that we're kind of suspended. <laughs> we're suspended in between trapezes with nothing to grasp onto as we wait to see what the next transpiring event is going to be. But I would argue that what we can hold on to and grasp onto is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is the one who's going to hold us strong. And he's the one who will help us get through from one season of what's going on in this world to the next season, one season of our life to what's going on um, for the next season of our life personally. So that would be my only um, retort to, to this author is that what we can grasp onto there is the strong and firm hand of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's what transition is. It's that potentially uncomfortable place in the land that lies between where you were before and where you're going to. We can be so thankful to God that he helps us through these periods of transition with assurances from his word, promises that he never leaves us or forsakes us, and encouragement that he does indeed guide our way forward. He will also send people across our path during these times of transition to bring encouragement, to bring maybe some wisdom, some guidance on different things that they've gone through in their lives when they've been in a period uh, of change like this. And he's so faithful to provide exactly what we need. And if we could only understand, not just in our intellect, but in our hearts, that he's always going to make provision for us, we would be able to live with such a sense of ease and peace, even through the roughest of circumstances. And even if it might seem at times like nothing is happening, that heaven is silent, maybe you feel like God has not been addressing your situation, I encourage you strongly to trust him that he has it all completely under his sovereign control at all times. So whether you feel him there or not is not the issue. This is, a, um, this is an issue of belief and of knowing and believing in his word when he says that he never leaves or forsakes us. We serve a sovereign God. That means he is in control of all things at all times, no matter how out of control they may seem. God has it covered, and he wants what's best for you even more than you do. So his perspective is so much wider and greater than yours, and we need to hold on to his promises as a result of that. So as we consider the change of seasons, for example, especially right now here in America, we've officially transitioned from winter to spring, at least meteorologically. <laughs> the weather isn't quite sure from day to day what it's going to look like. 
Um, but there is a particularly applicable passage of script, applicable passage of scripture from the book of Ecclesiastes that many of you may be familiar with, and I'll share that now. So please allow me to read a few verses for you from Ecclesiastes chapter three. There is a time for everything and a season for everything under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for work and a time for peace. So Solomon, in the book of Ecclesiastes, spells this out very clearly for us that we're going to undergo many different changes, many different seasons, and many different transitions, as he clearly spells this out for us in Ecclesiastes. And it's a good one to look over from time to time when you are going through these different changes um, in your life. It's a reminder that this is common to man. It's a reminder that God is going to be present with you through all of it. And it's a reminder that whatever you're going through hasn't already been faced and gone through by those that have gone before you. And so there's some real reassurance in that when you realize that this isn't something you're facing on your own and it's nothing new under the sun as well. So we can see from this passage that God definitely works seasonally in our lives. This is clear even from the very start of creation in Genesis 1.14, which states, Then God said, Let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. So God set up the physical world in such a way that we would experience different seasons. Seasons divide up the year and each has a different feel. Seasons give life a natural sense of rhythm. But as well as physical seasons in creation, God also created men and women in such a way that we experience life seasonally as well. So there are big seasons of life that pretty much everyone goes through. Birth, childhood, adolescence, adulthood, the middle-aged years, the senior years, et cetera, and I'm leaving out many seasons, of course, for the sake of time tonight, but there's also seasons within those seasons. In other words, different times and stages that we go through in life no matter what age we are. So when you're within a certain season, there can still be within that stages of that season that you'll pass through as well. And instead of viewing, if there are some listening that, that view change and, and seasonal um, seasonal um, markers that the Lord sets in our lives as negative, I just encourage you not to latch on to the negative aspects of, of those seasonal changes, but rather seeking God on how you can learn from those times 
and also asking him to give you wisdom and knowledge and encouragement so they can view them from a positive stance, even though they may not feel positive at the time. So at every stage of our lives, we're in a particular season. It's good to examine your life and to think about what season you're in because knowing this season determines your response to it. You can do the right thing in the wrong season and wonder why you're not getting the results you want, which could end up in frustration and confusion. And don't get me wrong here, God gives so much grace <laughs> as we you know, work out our salvation with fear and trembling, and he understands when we might make some missteps, and he's right there to lead us back onto the path if we allow him. But there are times when we may choose the right thing in the wrong season and not end up with the results that we want. In 1 Chronicles 12:32, we read about the sons of Issachar, and these were men who understood the times and knew what to do. These men understood the season they were in and therefore were able to take advantage of that season. They made the most of their season, so to speak. When you know what season you're in, you can respond in the right way to best get through it and to get the most out of it. Also, knowing your season gives you certain expectations. It enables you to make better decisions and also can prevent disappointments. If your expectations have been set too high during a particular season or are unrealistic in some way, this is also a good time to sort of recalibrate and take a step back and look at, okay, what did I expect this season of my life to look like and what is it actually like? And that's a really good way to line up what could have been some unrealistic expectations with the reality of the how, how the season really does feel and how you're experiencing it. That can avoid a lot of disappointment. It can avoid discouragement. And ultimately, it can avoid depression and despair. Because if you enter into a season with wrong expectations or unrealistic, I should say, unhealthy, and if you don't address those at the outset, you can find up yourself find yourself uh, spiraling down when you don't kind of check and make sure, wait a minute, did what I expect from this, is that really realistic for what I'm going through? So it's always good to kind of check in with yourself and your belief systems and see if it's lining up with the actual reality of what you're going through. So oftentimes I found out, at least in my own life, that, that we are better at recognizing a season once it's over. Perhaps for the first time in days, weeks, or months, you happen to feel upbeat, positive, encouraged, and then you look back and you think, that was a tough season that I just went through, but now it feels like I've entered into a new season. So this is just an example of how it might feel for you. You might not realize that you're out of a season until you have completely past it and and kind of in retrospect, take a look back and compare how you're feeling now to how you were feeling back then. That's kind of an indicator that you've turned a corner. So it's important to to kind of stay tuned into where you're at seasonally. And of course, I am a big pusher of journaling and keeping track of these things on paper um, is a really good way to kind of know and gauge, okay, I just came out of this particular event in my life, it was difficult, but now I'm on the other side of it, and God was faithful. And remembering his faithfulness can bring glory to him in any situation in your life. 
because you know that he's the one who pulled you through it. So it's something, it's an example of how you might view a season. We don't always know the season you're in until it's past. You might not recognize what season you're in until it's past, but that's okay. It's being aware, asking God, keeping on track with him, asking him to show you where you're at um, that will help guide and direct you and give you wisdom as you go through the various events um, that make up this wild and wonderful thing that we call life. (laughs) So if life happens in seasons, then we need to understand how to respond in seasons. And to know what season you're in will help you to respond appropriately. Another important fact in terms of transition and change is that seasons have a beginning and they have an ending. Sometimes it's a relief to know that a season has ended, especially if you're in a difficult one, like I was just saying. And also seasons will vary in length and intensity. Your current season might last a few days or it could go on for several years. But at some point, the season will shift, things will change, and you will move into the next phase of your life that God has uh, ordained for you. So that's why it's so important to not give up. Even when in the midst of the most difficult season, you might feel like giving up, it's so key for us to fight the good fight and run the race and cross that finish line. And we have The Bible tells us a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on to not give up when things become difficult, when things change, when seasons shift. And so we need to remember, too, we're not doing this alone. We're not doing this in isolation. The bottom line is the season you're in will pass. For some of you, as I just mentioned, that's good news. But maybe for others, you might be thinking, I'm in a great season right now, and I don't want it to change. If that's the case, that's fantastic. So be sure to enjoy it. Make the most of it while you're in it. Appreciate it. Give gratitude and thanks to God for it. In addition, I found that most of us often fall into one of two camps with transition and change. We either try to hold on to a season that has passed because we liked it better than the one we're in currently, or we try to fast forward into the next season because we don't like where we are currently. But the reality is you cannot skip a season. You have to go through it. Keyword though is through, you won't be there forever. And once it's done, it's done. You can't continue to hold on to it or live in the past. Tempting to hold on to the so-called glory days, and you may even know some people, or you may be a person who really does – like to stay in perpetual remembrance of how things used to be. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great to value what was and to hold cherished memories very closely to our hearts, but we can't live there. We can't live in the past. We can appreciate the past. We can um, give God uh, gratitude and thanks for the past. Um, We can praise him for what he's taken us through and the good times in our past but we can't live there. We have to live in the day-to-day. So again, we can't skip a season, no matter how tempting it is to want to hold on to the good old days. It is not healthy to try to do that for long periods of time. God's word says that his mercies are new every morning. And if you remember, he would give the Israelites fresh manna 
for each day. When they would try to hold the manna over into the next day to save some, they found that it had gone sour or moldy or bad. So this is just one illustration of the importance of knowing when to let go and to continue to allow God to lead you gently into the next season of your life as you transition. So if there's a season God is prompting you to let go of today, pay attention to his gentle nudging. There's been some that have said delayed obedience is disobedience. That is not a scripture verse, but I believe there's wisdom in that. And it's important that we stay in obedience to the word of God. And and I think many of us, many of you may have heard that today was the passing of uh, dear Dr. Charles Stanley, who has been such an inspiration to so many of us. And he passed away this morning, age 90. Um, but he had so many inspirational and uh, beautifully woven theological sermons on the importance of obeying God. One of his phrases that he would always say in his sermons, and it's always stuck with me, is obey God and leave the consequences to him. And when you look at life in that light, as long as you're being obedient to God, the rest is up to him. He has the consequences in his hands. So if he's nudging you to move on from something right now, really take it before the Lord, lay it before the Lord, and just say, Lord, I surrender this to you, and let him have that, because you don't want to overstay a season for fear of having to enter the next one. The Lord will be with you through each season of your life. So alternatively, we may try to jump ahead into the next season before it's arrived, and I mentioned this before briefly, we tend to get into this mentality that the best is yet to come, that things are only going to keep getting better. And it's great to have an optimistic outlook. I want to be clear on that. Um, Optimism is, is a great way to live. It's good for your health. It's good on a number of levels, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, physically. We do, however, have to balance that with reality. Um, And so, Being optimistic and expecting good things is great. At the same time, be aware that those great things might not happen, and you may have to find yourself adjusting to situations that are less than your ideal. So this idea that everything good is just ahead of us, the best is still ahead of us, is that always realistic? No. Is it a phrase that we should throw out? No. I think that we need to live with, expecting good things, but being prepared if there are bad things. And I think that's a balanced and a healthy way to look at the future. We need to be prayerfully cautious with thinking that the future only holds good. Um, And we don't want to get ahead of God either with the process that he takes us through to reach certain destinations that he knows about, but we may not know about yet. God's timetable is always perfect. He'll open doors, and it's not our job to force them open or to try to kick them down. The basic reality, again, is that seasons do change, and we can't hold on to the past, nor can we shortcut shortcut the journey and rush ahead into the future. So to illustrate the shifting of seasons in a very practical way, here in America where I live, as I said before, we're essentially right now in between seasons, at least meteorologically, and it's technically 
spring, but winter has just passed, although snow is still in the forecast where I live. Um, and we're in this time of transition now where some days they'll be warm enough to go outside and just t-shirt and pants, but the next day it might be so cold that we're back in sweaters and jackets and maybe even boots. So that is what one way that we can look at transition, and that's sometimes how it feels like. We haven't fully left the past behind us, and yet at the same time, we haven't fully entered into the future. So we're kind of living in this in-between, in-between winter and spring in this situation, and sometimes being in the in-between or the hallway, as I referred to when I opened up the broadcast, means that life may not be as predictable as it used to be. And this is an issue where I think a lot of people get stuck. I think this is a stumbling block for a lot of people because when we can't predict things, that can feel very unsettling. It can feel very uncomfortable. We are wired to want to live predictable lives, at least most people are. And so it can be difficult to make long-term plans because you might not be sure where you, you'll be or what your life uh, will look like in the years to come. So ambiguity is very difficult psychologically and emotionally for many people because of the fact that it brings much uncertainty. And if it goes unchecked, it can bring instability or what we call emotional dysregulation. We can become emotional up and down all over the map, up and down on the roller coaster with our emotions if we don't learn how to live with ambiguity. We can cause ourselves a lot of unnecessary anxiety by wanting to see the end of a season turn into a new season, for example, or if something's taking too long or we can't predict the outcome. Living with ambiguity is not easy. It's a process, but it can be done. And it's basically accepting that there are going to be times in life that are uncertain. It's accepting that. It's appreciating that that is part of life. And then it's letting go and giving it over to God and trusting him with it. That's the best way that I can guide and direct and counsel when it comes to times of uncertainty. But the most important point to remember, no matter where you are regarding life changes, is that God is at work in every season and in every transition. As I said in Ecclesiastes 3, um, Solomon lists all of the different seasons, and he concludes by saying this about God. God has made everything beautiful in its time. So in conclusion, we need to know this. In every season... God is present, and God is faithful. Seasons change, but God does not. In every single season of our lives, he is at work creating something beautiful. And I just want to read from a famous Christian author who wrote uh, in a devotional book a reading entitled The Book of the Unmentioned God. So please allow me to read this brief devotional to you as it's so pertinent to what we're discussing tonight about change. The teacher took me to the chamber of the scrolls. We sat down at a small wooden table upon which he placed a small and ornate scroll. This, he said, is unique of all the books of the Bible, but makes it different from the rest. The name of God. The name of God makes it different? The absence 
of the name of God makes it different, said the teacher. The book of Esther is the only book of scripture that contains absolutely no mention of God. That seems very strange, the student said. It would seem to be a godless book, replied the teacher. In fact, it's filled with godlessness, evil people, evil plans to annihilate the people of God. And it's not just the name of God that's missing, but also, it seems, his presence. Darkness reigns, and God is nowhere to be found. So, said the the student, is the book of Esther less holy than the other books of the Bible? No, the teacher replied, not at all. As holy as all the other books that mention God's name, that's the point. Even though the name of God isn't mentioned, the hand of God lies behind every event. He is there, unseen, unmentioned, yet working all things together and turning every event around to fulfill his purposes. Esther is the book of the unmentioned God. And the book of the unmentioned God is a most holy book. It's the book that speaks of all the times you don't feel the presence of God. When you don't hear his voice, when you don't see his hand, when there's no sign of his love or purpose, and when he seems far away or not there at all. So when, you, so when all you see is darkness, that is the time of the book of the unmentioned God. And it's telling you this. Even though you don't feel his presence, it is there still. Even though you don't see his hand, it is there moving. Even when you don't hear his voice, he is still speaking, even in the silence. Even when you feel abandoned and alone, his love is still there. And even when he seems hopelessly far away from you, he is still right there beside you, working every detail in your life for his purposes and your redemption. And in the end, the light will break the darkness, the good will prevail, and you will know that you were never alone. He was with you all along. And it was holy. It was the time of your book of the unmentioned God. So whenever you can't see or feel the presence of God in your life, know that he is fully there. It's just your season of the book of the unmentioned God. And there's some Psalms to look up for you. Psalm 139, 7 through 12. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and Hebrews 13, verse 5, that substantiate what I just read to you from this devotional. So it's sometimes very hard to appreciate where we are at when we can't seem to sense God, like I just mentioned, but we need to ask him to help us find the sweetness even in the most bitter of seasons. We can experience the presence of God even in the most painful of seasons. Most of us are familiar with Romans 8, verse 12, 28, which reminds us that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. All things means all things. Even if we can't see it right away, even if we can't see or feel God in the midst of a season, if we could, we wouldn't need faith. So as I wrap up tonight, remember this verse, Romans, Romans 8, verse 28. 
And remember that in whatever season you find yourself in right at this moment, that God is with you, even if you don't feel him or see him. And you can be completely confident that he is at work in the middle of it all for your good because of his great love for you. So that's all the time that we have left tonight, and I'd like to close us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity, this privilege, Lord, to uh, be able to share this message that you had placed on my heart for tonight. I pray that it goes out through the airwaves, Lord, that you would just use it in hearts and lives, Lord God. I pray that it would minister in your customized way to each person listening, that they would get from it what they need. They would hear from what I mentioned, what they need to hear, Lord God. I pray it would bear good fruit in the lives of all those listening tonight, that they would use it, Lord God, as they go through changes and challenges and season changes and transition, Lord God, that it would just help to encourage them and help them to look to you the path that you have them on, Lord, one step at a time, not staying and hanging back, but also not rushing ahead of you, Lord. Instead, living each day to its fullest in glory and in honor to your name. We just ask all these things now in your glorious and holy name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening this evening, and I I hope you'll join me again next month for my broadcast. If you'd like to contact me directly at Healing Word, my private practice, please feel free to call 414-254-9862 or visit my website at healing-word.com. Thank you very much and God's richest blessings be upon you.